For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Welcome to the Roma Press Podcast with Gian Solano and Andy Mattioli. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Roma Press Podcast. Hope that you are doing better than that dreadful display that we were welcomed to on Saturday afternoon. That certainly wasn't the ideal pick-me-up for the middle of your weekend. Nonetheless, hopefully... You have gotten over that at least somewhat. Before we get into everything, a thank you to our newest patron over at Patreon, Cole Cabibo, and of course to all of our other wonderful patrons over at Patreon who make the podcast and all of what we do possible. So before Andy and I get into everything, I wanted to play just a few minutes of an interview I did with former Roma executive Joe Tacopina. Joe is also a former executive at Bologna, the former president of Venezia, and within a couple of weeks, he will be the new president of Catania. So this was sort of like a double feature interview that I did with him for this podcast and then for another podcast that I'm on. Um, so the, the clip you're about to hear is Joe describing his time at Roma and then the response he gave to former Roma president James Palotta, who sort of called him out uh, on Twitter just a couple of weeks ago. So that was fun. But it's always a treat to have Joan just because uh, I, I think he and I, we sort of view things in, in similar ways in terms of football and uh, personality-wise. I always appreciate somebody like him because very forthcoming, you can have a very candid and uh, pretty open conversation as opposed to your usual interview where you get the very uh, politically correct answers and the very straight-lined answers, and typically most individuals, understandably so, they, they like to avoid controversy, but uh, not Joe. Joe's always, again, very forthcoming, very upfront, my kind of person. So here's a few minutes of that interview now, and then, of course, Andy and myself will get into everything, into Sassuolo, Palota's interview with The Athletic, and a few other things as well. We're going to be doing, talk a little more about your time at Roma later on in the week, but... That is where you got your start in Italian football. What was it, or is there anything specifically that you learned at Roma that you carry with you, or that you can carry with you into this new adventure with Catania, and that you used during your time at Venezia, Bologna, so on and so forth? Yeah, that's a great question, John. And there are a lot of things I've learned. I mean, this has been every year is a lesson. This, you know, last year was a lesson. For next year will be a lesson. But, but, but there are a lot of things. There are a lot of nuances in Italian football that, unless you really understand them could eat you alive. Um, mm. You know, I mean, you know, you go into Italian football, if you're naive and you don't surround yourself with the right people, um, you, you're going to get chewed up pretty quickly. There are things that happen in Italian football that don't happen in the normal, you know, functioning, operating world that you have to be prepared for, um, relationships that, that you know, um, are important. And, and those are the things, the little nuances, the, the way things are worked out, the way deals are had, the way you have to, 
accommodate certain requests of, of, of players or individuals that, you know, normally in a, in, a, in a normal business world you wouldn't have to um, kowtow to, that, that's one thing I've learned, that there are a lot of little a lot of little lessons that you need to really pick up to, to, to carry with you because if you don't understand it, you'll be frustrated by time football and, and, and you won't be able to survive in it. Mike Piazza is an example, and I love Mike. Right. He's a good friend. Right, right. But Mike went in there with some with no knowledge, and he mm. unfortunately he wasn't surrounded by the right people. He was surrounded by people who were also learning design football, and that's you know, that's a recipe for disaster. When I went into I, – I started the Ash Roman Project, as you guys know. I mean, there's a New York Times article that – that, that discusses that whole venture and how I started it all. You know, I hired Mar- Marlon Baldessoni as my lawyer. Marlon was my lawyer. Um, he then became a manager of AS Roma. And with Marlon in the beginning of this project, before Colada was even involved, for example, we, we brought in, you know, Franco Baldini and Walter Sabatini and Panucci right. and, you know, um, some others who were really important managers and, and gave stability to the project. So that, that's the most important thing, to surround yourself with smart people. The other thing I learned, and if you want to ask me a question about the one lesson, is to really appreciate the community. It's very different than North American sports. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, we're, I'm a Mets fan, you're a Yankees fan, whatever. Um, but we don't, you know, I mean, we love our teams, but we don't live and die with our teams. They're not a part of a fiber of the community the way they are in Italy. And if you don't appreciate that, that's another recipe for disaster. I mean, you know, look at Pilatus existence in Roma. It was sort of miserable with the, <laughs> with the fans there. I mean, they hated them. Right, they, 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 right. He couldn't even go to Roma. I mean, he couldn't even go there because he was chased out. Um, you know, to me, the most important thing is to appreciate that we are custodians. We as owners or presidents or, you know, managers, we're not owners of the club. Even though we, we paid the money and we, we, we own the club on paper, we're not owners of the club. We're we're custodians. That club is the city is the city, and that's really if you learn that. And but don't just say it. you have to live it. If you live right. it, you'll that you'll be successful. Well, I, I know we'll get into this more um, in a couple of days. But you mean you actually did have an operational role at Roma? You weren't. Well, I, I forget what Jim said exactly. Well, you know, it's funny. Jim is a very sensitive guy, and you know, apparently has a lot of enemies in the world. But um, you know, he just got very upset by the fact that I simply pointed out that you know. The Pilata tenure was not successful because Roma didn't win a thing, not a cup, not even a, an exhibition cup. Um, and that, by AS Roma standards, is not good. Um, so it's as simple as that. It's just a fact. Mm, but, of course, Jim, right. Jim you know, was uh, takes that very personally. <laughs> he became very <laughs> defensive and said that I had no operating role with Roma. I mean, that's, yeah. Well, you know, the funny thing is, John, you and I have discussed this. I have plenty of emails with Jim Pilata asking me to do many things at AS Roma, including to Francesco Tocchi's contract and all that kind of stuff. But let, let Jim... Let Jim have his little fun behind his keyboard, and, and, and that's it. You know, if he paid as much attention to his Roma um, in the last 10 years as he ha- does now, um, and what people are saying now, he may have been more successful. But anyway, um, yeah, I was the vice president. I would say I put the deal together. I was a member of the board of directors. So, no, I didn't, you know, take penalties, and I wasn't the coach, and, and I wasn't the sporting director. But whatever role I was asked to fulfill there, and that role I fulfilled. And don't forget, for the first six months, Tom Benedetto was there as the president and then left. And for the first right, six months, right. you know, I was holding that ball. And I was, you know, making operational decisions before Jimmy even entered Trigoria. So, but that's okay. <laughs> Joe, thank you so much again. You are so generous with your time. We appreciate it. Do it again soon. Uh, only next time, you will be the president of Catania. So best of luck as always. And Joe, thank you again. Thank you, boys, for your time. All right, Andy. So I originally planned on opening the 
episode with Sounds of Silence by Simon and Garfunkel. But, eh, you know, I didn't want to put everybody down so early in the week. Of course, it still is only Monday. So Friday is still a bit too far away to get everybody down so early. But top four is gone now, yeah? After Roma held to a draw by uh, by this, uh, by, by the Sassuolo Chisad, yeah? Well, yeah, I mean, I don't know where where everybody else has been, but I've been saying that ever since uh, Benevento game. And I thought that um, the Parma game was also a, a, a great reminder that sort of the season for top four in the Serie A it was mostly gone because um, you disrupted the trend that was, was going in your favor. You disrupted the trend that was helping you um, remain in those top four positions. You were beating all the uh, minor opposition that you needed to beat, and and you were doing so in style, comfortably. And then once you you lost that, once you you lost that tendency, then everything else started to sink. And and that's why today we're speaking of of, uh, sort of an inevitable end to to the season which is which is a shame but it's been you know this has started a few weeks back so this is not something that we you know deduct from this Sassuolo game it's just further proof that some of the the good things that we thought we you know we could carry on till the very end of the season they're just not there anymore yeah, I completely agree. I did have some people when I expressed my disappointment in the result. I did have a couple people say, oh, well, they were looking ahead to Ajax. And I guess my my only, I, I think the only proof you need is just look at the result for the last two months. I mean, they haven't been looking ahead to Ajax. I think this is just a team that has had a lot of injuries. You've had a team that has not performed well. You have a team out of form. And you have a, ma- a manager, which I feel like this is the next thing we have to discuss. You have a manager that has been in an awkward position and a no-win position, in my opinion, for quite some time now. And uh, I hate to say that he has uh, started to go adrift on the path as so many before him, but he took the step the other day. After the match, he gave, without a doubt, the most bizarre post-match interview that he has given since he arrived at Roma. And listen, this is no new occurrence, okay? I mean, you have Eusebio Di Francesco saying after result, poor results against Cagliari that, oh, we played well, we deserved more, blah, 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 blah. Uh, it was like that from November to January with uh, Rudy Garcia, with him at the end. Oh, we did well, we deserved more, we played good I'm not worried about the team Eh, what Fonseca said after the match against Sassuolo Andy I I have to tell you I was just puzzled very puzzled disappointed because I not that you know this can happen to every manager where you have a poor run of results. I just thought his personality was a bit different, okay? Garcia, the ultimate nice guy. Di Francesco, goofball is probably the word I'm looking for. Spalletti was Spalletti, you know? Um, you didn't really get that with him, but I feel like now with Fonseca, him saying this wasn't a, from a strategic point of view, we did well, we deserved to win, we were the better team, we were in front nearly the entire time. Uh, 
I have to tell you, I was really taken aback by some of the things he said. Do you think this is just the culmination of frustration, not knowing his future, a team that really just does not seem to be responding? What do you think that was? Or do you think that this is a guy who just maybe is cracking a little bit? Because you know what? It's happened to so many before him that it's not a... It's not right. as if you can yeah. point to him as, uh, you know, uh, what do they call it, like patient one or suspect number one or something. Like, this has happened before. Patient, this yeah, is yeah, nothing. Patient zero, yeah. Patient zero, yeah, yeah. Right. Like, this is nothing unique, right? We've seen this happen so many times. No, well, this is, you know, in a history of a club that spans over 90 years, I I mean, obviously, I haven't been there for, for all those 90 years, but I can comfortably say that, We've seen the same stuff over and over again for the exception of a few years in total where, you know, somehow we managed to win uh, a trophy or two. Um, and otherwise, uh, it's it seems like every manager mm, sort of into his second year at Roma reaches a point where, uh, you know, everything starts to crumble. Um, yes. I, I do think that this this more than, you know, any uh, anybody else still reminds me, and maybe it's also because, you know, the, the foreign aspect, the the, the footballing idea, it, it's and, and, and the treatment, the treatment which mm. I think has been lackluster, reminds me of Luis Enrique, um, just because Luis Enrique, nearing the end of that season, he knew full well that, Right. This right. is the end of the road. <laughs> there is right. there is nothing beyond that. I haven't had the I haven't had the tools to to succeed. I haven't, you know, the the, the season has been rocky. Um players haven't responded adequately. Um and just I thought that both of them uh Luis Enrique as well they feeling backstabbed. I think in a in a way there there's definitely a feeling of being backstabbed, you know. Uh, Fonseca has been facing the firing squad for the last couple of months really um and and sort of to me the even going into this season there was a lot of question marks and you know because the Friedkins came over and so that whole debate of is he their you know is he their desired manager or is he looking at a season of you know, of with no future ahead at Roma, and that has been the theme of the season. And so, once you start, once you start start encountering these 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 tough results, these difficult situations, where I mean, you're losing players left and right. I, I, I we're going into this Ajax game um, really with with some atrocious possible starting lineups. Um, right. It's right. so I just think that this was. You know, it was as bad of a post-game press conference as you can give um, because it sounds delusional, but it, it it speaks volumes of sort of the pent-up frustration, which you know is, um, I think, for the situation that he's found himself in and the sort of the situations that he's dealing in. This is a coach that still wants to, you know, he's young. He still wants to do something great. He wants to still wants to build himself a career in Europe. Um, and and he's gonna go and do exactly that. So I I feel like it's difficult for him to to be part of of this disaster and also wanting to you know to move beyond that because he knows fully well now the the, the season is you know starting to trickle down that 
Um, these are his last games as as Roma coach, which I'm. It's something that I don't agree with, but when I hear those words, I think that it's inevitable. It's happening. It's it has happened probably you know already, and just we haven't really you know been aware of that. Now we are aware of it. Now this is something that is is clear as day. This guy has you know has has lost um, the you know the the grip on the situation. The players. The play now that th- you know that's a whole different situation. That that's a whole different conversation about the players because the players. It's one of those stories that we hear year in year out. This is you know these managers leave not you know not because Baldini is pulling you know the 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 strings be- be- behind the curtain. Uh, these managers are leaving also because they they encounter keep encountering problems associated with players that just don't have it in them don't feel motivated don't give a shit find you know all kinds of excuses not to perform um when when you know when when it doesn't go their way and um so yeah this is definitely a culmination of everything that's been going wrong that's been you know building up um throughout the entirety of the season and people people shouldn't dismiss this as an excuse i mean this is this has been a season riddled with injuries like major injuries you um your starting striker has been kicking a fuss uh, since the beginning of the season he he wanted to leave couldn't leave got into it with the manager on a number of occasions um it feels it, like he scored last uh, during uh, like the Trump administration. When yeah. was the last time he scored a goal? Uh, Seriously, in, I can't in even Serie, remember. I think, in Serie A, I think it was Samp. The Samp game, wasn't it? I think oh, it was the, no. the Samp game. That's like late October or something like that. Oh. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Let that settle in. Yeah. Oh, my word. Um, it, it is, you know, I, I maybe we should have, maybe we, or I should have been a bit more clear to this situation earlier. Um, I talked about it a, a few weeks ago, but his agent, uh, Abreu, he has been pretty annoyed at the lack of uh, transparency and communication from Roma. And I think just by way of them not really being too forthcoming and upfront, it sort of seems like that within itself is the message that Roma was sending, that if they really wanted this guy, Andy, I mean, come on, they would have opened renewal talks, everybody. I mean, this contract situation, it's not as if this is a secret. This has been discussed since the beginning of the season, which is why everybody has discussed top four, why it was so important. If they they finish top four, it automatically triggers a, a contract renewal for one season. You know, I, I don't know if you feel this way, and I did. Uh, it, it, you mentioned Luis Enrique, and, and, and I think the situations are very, very similar from a couple of aspects. I don't know about you, but I get the sense that Fonseca is going to be a good manager somewhere else. It's just not going to be here. You see this in life all the time. Uh, you and a, a partner, it's just you're two good people. It's just it's never going to work with the two of you together. And I feel like this environment with Fonseca right now in this moment, you know, if this had happened, if he had arrived instead of Rudy Garcia, if he had arrived instead of Di Francesco, maybe it works out and just the timing is not not right. The thing is, though, I think his footballing ideas are good. 
I think, of course, from a tactical point of view, he does lack something for the city. For the city, I have to add that in there. But I feel like he's going to be a good manager. It, it just this entire time, it has felt like everything was wrong about the timing and the mix. Mm-hmm. And I think just like Luis Enrique, of <laughs> yeah. course, I, I don't think we're going to see him, you know, win the win the triple or something like that. No, but I, I did think that that was that was a beautiful thing to happen to Luis Enrique after all the shit that he had. And to, then to salute you know, <laughs> to, salute, to salute all his uh, Romanisti oh. friends. Oh, wow. I, I couldn't tell if that was done in an, as a friendly jest or as like the metaphorical middle finger. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Because he he really was treated pretty terribly, uh, especially with the benefit of hindsight. But I guess, how do you view the situation with with Fonseca? Is it simply that? Listen, I don't think anybody is going to clear him of faults. I think we would all agree that he has many things that he can be blamed for. And I'm sure even he himself would, if you were talking to him honestly and frankly, he would raise his hands at a number of things that he would have done differently. But I still get the sense that you have a guy who's coming in here who has won everything in Ukraine, did well in Portugal, and he's coming to challenge himself in one of the better leagues in Europe. But he's coming to a club that is in complete and utter uh, financial upheaval. There's a change in ownership. There's COVID. It just seems like a lot of this had to do with bad yeah. timing plus yeah. bad luck, yeah. Yeah, well, well, it, it definitely when when you consider all, you know, look at all everything that's happened um, within the last year and a half, almost two years. It's um, it's 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 been crazy. You know, there's been the talks with the Friedkins, the Palota selling the club. Um, that in, in in of itself is a problematic situation, and you know, I would I would have definitely probably preferred to in in hindsight of taking those the, that at least that first season or or um, where Palota was in talks with the Fritkins with a, with a manager like Ranieri, just somebody that you know you don't really want to um, you don't really want to go beyond a year. Um, a year or two max because with Fonseca it, it, it felt different you know especially with with the whole s- situation with Di Francesco and then Ranieri taking over having sort of the hopes of of extending his contract crushed um, and I thought that going out of your way and trying to bring in this young Portuguese manager sort of untested in the big big footballing environments of of um of the world like like Serie A that was a bold ambitious move that sort of hinted at the willingness of the club even though that was that was um, still Palot at the time uh to steer the ship into a a concrete direction a direction where you know you you stick with that manager no matter what sort of like like I know I hate this example because it's very specific, but like Liverpool, you know, Liverpool well were coming off some really rough years. They brought in, you know, this obviously this guy who had done really well uh, in Germany, but still like this young, ambitious manager. And it wasn't it wasn't all smooth sailing. Um, but when it, it got to smooth sailing, it was it was a beautiful thing to see. And I think that with Fonseca by letting him go now, you're 
you're obviously disrupting something that was intended to be a work in progress and you're starting from scratch and it's unfortunate because I think that again there is a lot of things that um disrupted this this development disrupted the 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 way Fonseca could work on this team I mean with covid in itself you 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 sort of took a step back you couldn't play games for a number of months um then when you got back you kept missing players you couldn't build up enough consistency um some of the transfer market decisions uh, were mixed because you didn't really know what happened what happened with petraki you bring you bring in petraki and fonseca in the same window you think these guys are gonna work together for you know years to come meanwhile petraki gets kicked out a year into his not even a year into his Roma experience so you immediately from the get-go you deprive Fonseca of sort of his right-hand man of the guy who's supposed to listen and and talk to him and try to discuss the the, what what the team needs what the team needs to do in order to get better and and I think that one of the uh, recent Petraki's interviews really hinted at sort of the toxicity inside Trigoria and and all around that that does not help and it's something that is not you know uh, something out of our imagination it's not something that we make up it's real it's there like it's really not good to work at Trigoria um it, it just doesn't feel good you can't really build up anything um and so I think that then having Fonseca in this we're position where the goal is you you reach top four, you get your contract renewed. Meanwhile, you don't even have a sporting director in place. Um, and you're on the hunt for the sporting director for a number of months. And you even ha- have to handle a very important transfer market through agents. Some deals are very good. Kumbula deal, great. Some deals now turn out to be of questionable nature, like the Pedro deal. Uh, mm. But it's... It, it's sort of it was never meant to be, I guess. And to me, I say it with a heavy heart because I do think, and I'm pretty sure that he's gonna go out and and be a real good manager. I hope I don't have to see him in Serie A, not because I don't think he he would manage it, but I think that exactly like he'll 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 build upon this experience. He, I mean, if if Roma is not a learning experience, then nothing ever will be because uh, <laughs> this is. I mean, this is really tough, a tough, tough environment and um, where you never really are in a position to succeed. I have this feeling that a lot of managers, a lot of the sporting directors and look back on this place and say it's a great place. But at the same time, it's just the wrong place to to build anything. And so far, you know, all the signs point to that being true. It's unfortunate, but. We're, you know, we're coming to the end of the season. And I really hope, I really, I really hope that there is a clear pre-established plan A and and a plan B and a plan C and a plan D. But I do hope that if you're letting go of Fonseca, if you're really going to start from scratch, and that needs to happen because after the post-game press conference, you're, it's pretty evident that there has been, you know, a major sort of a major disruption within the club, mm-hmm. um, then I, 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 I want to believe that that option A will be, will be perfect going forward. It has to be. 
Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Yeah, I, I completely agree. So before we get into the Palata interview, I, just by hearing you talk, you're not confident against IX, right? Like your feelings are not are not at an optimal level, yeah? Well, I'm, um, yeah, I don't have any expectations. Again, I just, you know, for me, it's it, you. You hit that spot during the season at Roma where my, you know, feeling I'm feeling super involved. I feel these games. I watch them. I live them. And then at some point, once that typical Roma downfall that every time happens in the second half to the season, um, I just you know it. Whatever happens, happens. I guess. <sighs> yeah, it um it does weigh on you because it does feel like the remainder of the season now um is sort of like. The death march right it just feels like we're wasting time isn't the right word but it does feel like we're sort of just going through things like if, as if yeah. it's a formality now yeah going through the motions yeah yeah and it's again very difficult place to be in um as far as thursday goes <laughs> i don't know what to expect i i really don't Part of me wants to fool myself into thinking maybe they were just right. saying, you know, forget, forget the league. They know it's finished. And I'm trying to, again, convince myself that they actually took that mindset. But then I look back at the past two months and I go, uh, yeah, no, that's not the case. I do think that Fonseca will like to would like to have sort of this image of himself on a European stage, you know, not be. I, I think that. A game like th this against Ajax could be a chance for him to sort of show off on a European stage so that more mm. people get notice of him. Well, I, I guess just uh, just before we go to Palotta then, is this just simply like a relationship sort of problem? Like, you know, I, I watch these matches, okay, and... I don't care uh, the excuses, okay? Because I saw every the people that wanted to really find sort of like alibis for for the team as to that result the other day, which to me is astonishing against Sassuolo, the, you know, their C side, okay? That wasn't even their B. It does seem like the players and him, it just seems like it's so fractured this relationship and I obviously the first hint of that was you and I talked about it the Pellegrini interview from from Napoli when he was talking about oh well it was in uh, the manager told us not to press so we didn't you know we we never planned on doing that and I don't think we had any sort of problems with our with our attitude it had to do with the tactical he was basically hinting that the manager set them up poorly from a tactical point of view I know, again, that there's a lot of mitigating factors as to why this season has gone as it has. But I guess my question is, like, if we could, 
let's just say it was a normal season. You had a normal preseason, and every everything is normal, just like in previous seasons with all the other managers. Do you think his his shortcomings have something to do with maybe not being able to get through to the players? Is it his own tactical lack of adaptation? Is it his game just doesn't work in the city? Huh? I mean, I guess if you could pinpoint one thing. Yeah. Uh, I don't think why, no. Why is this happening? <laughs> I don't think that I could I could pinpoint one thing because um, if I don't I for example I don't think that players are unresponsive to him. Some players may be, but some others totally not. I mean, you have some players that have grown so much under him. Exactly, they exactly. owe a lot to him. You know, a guy like Spinazzola has a chance at playing starting starting minutes for the Italian national team uh, because Fonseca has given him the confidence to come back, make an impact on this team. Uh, same thing for Karsdorp, who's really, uh, you know, rejuvenated and looks like a different player um, and has a chance at being an important player. A, a, a lot of these younger guys and, and Mancini as well, they owe a lot to him. They've come here. They really didn't have much to show for. And he he got them to a place where they look confident, where, you know, they they can bring out their best qualities. And to me, that's also the fact that, you know, remember when, when we won against Spezia in the last minute. Jesus, that looks like a lifetime ago. Um, right. right. And, and he just goes over and celebrates with the team that I, I don't think... That's not something like, uh, you know, when a player, I always come back to that moment of of Di Francesco against Cagliari when he laughs. That's now 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 that's that's a coach that's lost the team. That and uh, meanwhile Fonseca, I think that there is clear sort of divide within the team, and there is a lot of external factors as well. And you have this aspect of the injuries. I mean, you can be facing even the Sassuolo Chi team, but if you're seeing your teammates dropping left and right, and now we, you know, we we've come to find out that El Sharawi is out at least for two weeks. Um, it just shows you that there is something wrong, and you, I don't think like mentally, you you start to really lose it, and you lose leaders like Vertu, you lose leaders like uh, Mikitarian. You lose people at the back. Everybody is just getting injured left and right. My, uh, Cristante has to has to uh, play through an hernia. Um, just brutal. I I don't think that it's it's as always. It's a lot of different things, and with Roma in particular, it's you can't really ru- rule out anything in favor of something else. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. <laughs> yeah, when when in confusion, I guess point to the most obvious answer of them all, and that is it's right. Roma. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Roma, before we go, I mean, we have to talk about this Palotta interview. Now, I knew this had happened. Uh, I knew he gave this interview to uh, James Horncastle of The Athletic a few weeks ago, 
So that that didn't surprise me. It, it, I didn't expect him to come on here. Um, at some point, maybe I'll get into how our rapport ended. I, I think most in the patron group are aware of what happened, but that's it's a story for another day. But pretty uh, pretty in depth interview. I would say uh, he touched just about everything that people have uh, issues when it comes to Palotta. Uh, I will say I thought he was let off a bit easy, but in in defense of in defense of James, I'm sure Palotta pre-screened a lot of the questions and wasn't willing to divulge some things or didn't want to be pushed back on certain subjects, but. Right. But also, it's, I guess, it's well, the but, athletic. It's it's you know, yeah, right, right. I mean, this isn't it, you know, it's a this lot isn't um, you know, this isn't <laughs> sixty isn't. minutes with <laughs> yeah. uh, you know uh, guys going undercover trying yeah. to you know um, trying to bust the underground uh, <laughs> casinos or anything yeah, like yeah. that. <laughs> I will say though, I mean, there were a couple of things I wish he would have pushed back on. I, I mean, I, I have a full list, you know. <laughs> Uh, Palotta talks about, oh, well, Monchi, I just trusted him, and uh, maybe I should have intervened sooner. Duh, you think? Is there anything that he said that really stood out to you? For me, it sort of seemed like an interview to sort of repair his his image to a certain degree. So I, I'm not really going to... I'm not really going to, you know, put all of his words under a microscope. But... The thing I really hated was he was talking. He he was asked why, why he didn't come back for the farewell of Derossi, and he blamed it on his relationship with the fans, and then he also blamed it on COVID. Let's remember the last time this guy was in Rome, he was uh, jumping in a fountain and uh, having a go with the supporters who. Many think he called all of them fucking idiots, which he didn't. And anybody who makes that argument is doing so in bad faith. But I will say, I, I wish he would have addressed the why he, he, he stayed away for so long. And on top of that, you saw this unraveling with Monchi. We all, I, I would say most of us saw things kind of unraveling before our eyes. Now, in fairness, at the time, we did like some of the moves, but Ziyech... Uh, being allowed to not arrive while Pastore was, again, that could be considered a war crime in most countries. I just wish that he would have been challenged a bit more on that front because, you know, I don't care how much you're working in your high rise in Boston, okay? You have to be, you have to be in the city more, okay? Um, and the fact of the matter is he wasn't. Were there things he said that you took issue with? Well, yeah, I mean, it's you know the the general aspect of it is that yeah, it's it's sort of it's you know it's a puff piece. It's something that you gotta, you, you know, he is he, releasing that to the athletic to to sort of uh, gather an audience of 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 everyday people that can you know find it interesting to see what the owner of Ice Roma has to say. And I think that it's. It shows you a lot of the again a lot of the good and sort of the mediocre things that have led to um to the Palota ownership being sort of uh, you know uh, a middle ground you know you 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 had some really great moments and like aspirations to be truly great and then some de decisions that sort of brought the whole house down you know like they, they that were 
you saw everything that you had built up to a point crumble under your feet. And so obviously that the Monchi aspect will always be um, a big question mark, I guess, because, yeah, the the idea of the theoretically the idea of handing the keys to 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 a really well-oiled machine um to somebody that's that has reputation as the best sporting director in the world is the correct thing to do now the problem is when thing things start to go wrong because you know you have these multiple advisors for a reason you know and um yeah i just i think that also that baldini thing is 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 interesting i i um Obviously, then the the part where he talks about why why he didn't come to Roma, it's it makes sense. I mean, it makes sense. You know, when you're when when you're a, a, an owner that is getting abused online, um, whose family is getting abused online, and and you know, getting death threats, um, it's not always a great feeling to to sort of think about going back to the place where where you might get a, a tomato thrown in your face. Um, but obviously that also can can come into questioning um yeah it's for me it's again it's very it's a very broad outlook on on the ownership i do like the fact and this is something that i will always sort of um say about pelota is that you know contrary to a lot of people we hope before him he doesn't have a negative thing to say about the current Roma. He doesn't have yes. something, you know, something. Oh, I was about to bring that up. Because, Perfect point. Be, because I do think that when you're Palotta and you've, you've seen a lot of shit in those nine years, I mean, you've seen good things, great things, but you've also sustained, you've also been held accountable, you've also been, you know, you've been blamed for a lot of shit. And the fact that he, he can still talk about it and, and, you know, say positive things is something that a lot of people are are not doing, haven't done. I mean, you have Rosella Sensi, who, when she's not talking about Roma, she's paying people to talk about Roma in a negative way. So it's 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 that. It's um, I th- I never imagined that because I thought that once he walks away from Roma, he doesn't he doesn't want to do you know he, he just scrap that memory right, like just forget about it. No, he. You know, you obviously you might find it um, unfair for him to go on Twitter and sort of there um, create sort of this safe environment for himself to just you know throw things out there and people just grab onto them and and cherish them and and f- interact with them. But uh, the the sole fact that he's still willing to go there and and to openly uh, discuss it and also. You know, wish good luck to the Friedkins is it, it, it says a lot. Okay, it, I don't I don't necessarily mean that it has to, you know, that everybody has to feel the same way. But it's something that for me um, makes me go, okay, that's you know, it it makes sense. I I get I get it now. Yeah, um, clearly this was a guy defeated. Yeah, I mean, clearly a guy who was at the. Oh yeah. I, I think that this was there were also some of his lowest moments in life with Roma, like for sure. Definitely, this was a guy at the end of his rope, and I I, I think we have to always keep that in mind. Listen, we're we've talked about him ad nauseum on here, positive and the negative. 
there were some unfair moments. There were moments that, again, and, and he he even admitted it that he wishes he had a, a, a do-over on. I just wish, again, if if we're going to go down this path, um, listen, I I don't, I'm not saying that this should be made into the, um, you know, the, that we have to make this into a, you know, like a war trial or anything, and that the guy needs to be paraded out for uh, for his for his sins against humanity. But my only issue was, you know what, if we're going to go down this path, let's do so honestly. But you know what, at the end of the day, I think when it comes to Palotta, like all things in life, it's shades of gray. And I think anytime you discuss him, you and I always lose. Like anytime we talk rather nuanced about him, we always get called one thing or the other. We either call <laughs> friends of Palotta or yeah. uh, you're too hard on him. So, but I do think that's how you, that's, that's probably the best way to summarize his time at the club where he did good things, he did bad things. I would argue he did more good than bad. I'm sure plenty would disagree with that. But again, I, and we talked about it when the Freakins arrived, that they are walking into a much better club than the one that uh, Rosella Sensi handed over to, let's remember, a bank. So... For that, of course, I'll be always grateful for her, for him for doing that. And again, on the negatives, we could go on and on about it. Um, I don't know about you. I, I guess I'm just sort of, um, I do have Palata fatigue, if I have to be honest with you. Um, the fact that, and I, I called for a moratorium on Twitter for stories about all of his tweets because I knew this was going to happen, right? You knew the second he started talking, and engaging with uh, engaging with supporters that all of the websites were going to have articles about every single tweet. I, I saw it coming from like a mile away. I, I didn't want it to happen. I just have Palata fatigue. Can we please stop doing this? All right, this is it. End of the you know end of the story. There's no need to go back anymore, right? I, no, I mean, but he did that. I mean, chapter. but you know, it's it is a close chef, But he did what everybody wanted. Didn't Zazzaroni call him out on you know on the front page? Um, by by asking him to come on uh, a Corriere dello Sport, and Palotta just you know just said you know fuck off I'm gonna go to the <laughs> Athletic, um, which I'm sorry is it's um it's a much better um, piece of writing than anything on Corriere dello Sport. Now all the letters um, from Corriere dello Sport uh, writers can go directly to me. I'll accept them and I'll read everything, but. <laughs> it's it's just that he did what people wanted him to to do, you know. As you can contest the way he did it, obviously you can say he yo, he should have been challenged more. But at the end of the day, this was something cohesive. This was something that made sense. It touched upon everything that people had, you know, questions about. Um, maybe it wasn't as in depth as some people want to, but again, this is an international publication where that. Um, is meant to also help him boost his public image. So obviously, this it's not gonna talk about him sitting in a restaurant in Naples discussing the sale of Alison and Nangolan. Okay, it's it's not gonna be that. But this is it. Now, this is a perfect closing, uh, a way, a perfect way for him to close sort of the 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 portion where he shares his thoughts on Roma, and and that's it. We have a good memory of 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 that. We move on. Completely agree. All right. Are we winning Thursday? 
<laughs> Come on. Uh, we're gluttons for punishment here. We, I mean, we might as well. We're, we've we're, suffered through this long. Maybe we're not winning, but we are scoring a decisive goal. Okay, hear me <laughs> out. You know, you're, we're just, um, we're, we're gonna lose it, but it's gonna be like a, a loss, like the one against Barcelona, where everybody was just so high on crack. It seemed like, oh my god, you know, this is. We still have a chance. Um, we still have, this was a good game. We, we lost, but this was a good game. We're going back to the Olympico and whatever happens, happens. I, I like, I'm not feeling a win in Amsterdam just because I just don't think we're in the shape, um, to win. You are, we're just not there yet. And we're not going to be there for the rest of the season, but there's going to be a decisive goal that will make us hope for a better return leg and obviously then be um, extremely disappointed. But that's that that's life as a Roma fan. Oh, I know it's bad when we reach the point where we're no longer predicting results. We're predicting decisive goals. My <laughs> word. Okay. Oh, all right. Perfect place to end. We'll be back after Thursday then, everybody. Hopefully after that decisive goal that Andy mm-hmm. so, yep. so boldly, so boldly <laughs> predicted. All right, we will chat again in a few days. Until then, ciao. Ciao. day is coming oh no but if you sign up for robin hood gold's ira with a three percent match you can get up to 195 dollars for the 2023 tax year oh yeah sign up at robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market subscription fees apply investing involves risk three percent match requires gold for one year from first match must keep ira for five years robin hood financial llc member sipc Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.